Welcome to Sports Cap Radio. It is week 13, or I guess week 14 of the NFL season. It's only our second week back from our long hiatus, and we got a great show for you tonight. Uh, we got Marcus on, Derek, and Kurt. We're going to be talking a little bit of week 13 of the NFL season, giving you all the best storylines. Going to be talking a lot about the 49ers. Uh, Mr. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, absolutely tearing up the league, uh, destroying predictions in terms of what Mr. Relevant has done. Uh, we're going to be talking the Bucks saints game from last night, Deshaun Watson, the Rams, Patrick Mahomes, giving our MVP picks. We're going to be talking about the dumpster fire that is the Chargers, led by Brandon Staley. How long does that guy got before he's getting fired? And... We're going to be doing two of our favorite segments, uh, Factor Cap, and then of course, well, not of course, it's a new segment we're doing, but Shower Thoughts, which is where we give our most random thoughts of the week. This is Sports Cap Radio. Let's get this going. One of the biggest news stories from last week is obviously Jimmy G going down uh, with the Red Hot 49ers. Couldn't be worse timing for the 49ers, who just looked absolutely fucking unstoppable with this insane defense. Jimmy G breaks his foot. Uh, breaking news, by the way, today, Jimmy G might not actually be out for the entire season. So we'll, we'll talk about that for a little bit. But boys, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, first player ever to throw a touchdown uh, at, and, and if you don't know what Mr. Relevant is, it's the last player drafted in every draft. Um, Brock Purdy comes in, looks pretty good. What what, what, do you, what are you guys' thoughts on Brock Purdy? Honestly, not kind of not surprised. Uh, Drew, you and, I, you and I have had this conversation about him like a long time. He's, just, he's like one of those quarterbacks that was like highly touted, you know, not like first overall type, but like, you know, mid, mid late second, early third, somewhere in there, but like someone who's a serviceable quarterback. And then all of a sudden, after his senior year, just everyone forgot about him. And I think part of that, I think, was um, uh, run game team, whatnot. But, like, everyone forgot about everything he had done in college. And he shows up, man. It could be a super, super blessing in disguise. But if, let's just say, if he is the future, makes a run, it might be really interesting to see how they uh, – handle the him and Trey Lance back and forth. Maybe they'll uh, eventually be able to uh, trade uh, Brock Purdy for some of those first rounders that they are regretting giving out. It's a talented team. Uh, for me, it's, it's as simple as they made it work with Nick Mullins. They can make it work with Brock Purdy. Um, I don't necessarily think quarterback's a big driver in that offense. Uh, it's more of a, a kind of point guard role, get the ball out to the playmakers, especially bringing, you know, Christian McCaffrey. They have just so many playmakers. Part of that with Brock Purdy in college, dude, I mean, that team fell apart too, that Iowa State team. And a lot of that fell on top of him. And he fell completely off the draft boards there. I mean, it was a god-awful season when he was at the top of the charts his junior year. I just decided to come back that senior year and it definitely threw him way off. But he showed out in some tough moments, man, rolling out and blitzes in the face, pressure, and, and he delivered. Yeah, Brock Purdy, uh, in case you don't know, a little bit of history behind Brock Purdy. Um, he started as a true freshman um, for Iowa State, came on the scene, just burst on the scene, and all of a sudden, you know, in, in, in uh, subsequent years, he was an absolute darling of the college world. Uh, for, for the following years, his sophomore, junior year, was highly touted as the Heisman favorite. Um, this guy used to be a stud, and then he just kind of faded over time with Iowa State. Uh, and 
attribute that to whatever you want. Brock Purdy may have just kind of fallen in a system that doesn't really do well for quarterbacks. You look at Iowa State quarterbacks over the course of their history. Last quarterback I can remember that did anything of note is Brad Banks. I don't know if you guys remember Brad Banks all the way back in like the early 2000s. He was a Heisman candidate when Carson uh, Palmer was was an absolute stud. Actually ended up pay, playing Carson Palmer, finished second in the Heisman voting after Carson Palmer. But that's the last Iowa State quarterback I can remember. Um, Brock Purdy was a really interesting NFL talent, you know, kind of recruit for a long time. He just kind of faded out. Every year he came back from Iowa State, he just got worse and worse and worse. It's actually kind of incredible he got drafted. But if you look at Shanahan and what he thinks about Brock Purdy, he likes him. He's liked him since he drafted him. Um, I mean, they they got rid of all their backups behind, you know, Jimmy G and Trey Lance after he started to like Brock Purdy. So I don't know, man. I, I Brock Purdy, like like you said, Marcus, he's got kind of like a scrappy feel to him. He, he's fucking interesting. I'm not saying he's going to be a about, great player, but he's he's interesting. I was just making sure you weren't saying he's going to be the next TB12. Falls <laughs> and gets into the right position, plays with a chip on his shoulder, and just yeah, he's kind of. It's actually kind of a comparable situation. Came into the team solid defense, but he's got a lot better skilled players. Uh, man, Brock Purdy. Well, what what do you have? BP. I don't even know what his number is, but I know it won't, won't flow like TB12. I think it's 13. <laughs> Better or worse than fellow ISU alum, uh, Sage Rosenfels? <laughs> <laughs> well, if he died today, way better. <laughs> so, uh, well, is he a flash in the pan? Is he the answer? Or is uh, your favorite Madden quarterback, Josh Johnson, going to come swoop in and save the day? Well, here's, here's, here's my take on Brock Purdy. Uh, Brock Purdy showing that he can be really good with the 49ers just shows truly how terrible the Trey Lance pick was. Because in the end, the 49ers went to the Super Bowl with a just above average Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what they do. They don't need... And, that, and NFC Championship back-to-back years. Exactly. They don't need a great quarterback. So the Trey Lance pick just looks dumber and dumber every year. Exactly. And it's it's it's, it's, it's just going to make it look just so ridiculous as every year goes on because as it turns out, almost any quarterbacks can succeed and look good in the, the Shanahan offense. The fact that Trey Lance couldn't look good even in the few games he played, that's a fucking huge red flag. Brock Purdy already looks better than Trey Lance ever looked. All right, fellas. Well, can we talk about this Bucks Saints game last night? What a wild fucking ride, man. As a Bucks fan, I didn't know what the hell happened. At one point, I thought I was going to turn the TV off and go to bed. Next thing I know, Tom Brady's doing his thing. What's your boys' takes? What the fuck happened last night? So I was um, so locked in on this game, uh, and actually Marcus was was actually at this game, so we definitely need to get his perspective. But I just got to tell you guys, uh, obviously we have the corn punishment for last place in our fantasy league. Um, I was so locked into this game because uh, I wanted the Bucks to win so bad, but if Godwin scored a touchdown, I was still squarely in the last place punishment for our league. So I, I literally woke Jackie up at the last, you remember like towards the end of the game when they threw that touchdown pass to Chris Godwin and I go, fuck. I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, I literally woke up Jackie and I go, I'm so fucked. And then it got, it got called back for a holding penalty. 
But, uh, dude, I don't know if you guys remember on our group chat, I actually wrote, I wrote in after the first touchdown that Tom Brady scored, which was at like two minutes and something seconds. I go, Tom Brady's about to pull this shit off. But Marcus, you were actually at the game. Yeah, man, it was it was awesome. You know, I had other uh, uh, other motives, so like I could, I didn't get the cheer, but <laughs> there's some there's something special about watching. We've all seen fucking Tom Brady run a goddamn table. Like you already know, oh, he's got how however much time game's over, he's gonna win. Like you don't leave him that time. Just watching the the comeback, watching him just take control, it's fucking powerful, man. It's 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 awesome, but like. Uh, Kurt, to kind of answer your question, what the fuck happened? It's just comes right back down to coaching, man. You start getting the wrong people into place just to, for Tampa's got a special reason why they got their coaches in wrong places, um, you know, but we don't have to get into that. But when you just have the wrong people, and I'll take Pittsburgh last year for the exact same example. Uh, so right now, Bucks fans are kind of experiencing, right? You have a Hall of Fame quarterback at the twilight of the career, but you have a actually a relatively new offensive coordinator who kind of jumped the ranks uh, pretty quick. But like sometimes you just need to leave it to the Hall of Famer, right? And it, it's kind of at that point that Tom just took over control just like Seven did all of last season. So it's just like, listen, I've, I've done this shit for 20 years. Trust me, I will get us into position. And that's exactly what he did. It's also super beneficial that he's been getting hummers from 19-year-olds since he's been divorced. So, honestly, like, the, the Bucks should be the number one favorite to win a Super Bowl. Uh, as, you know, Tom's just over here getting blows from 19-year-olds, man, just getting it. Uh, but it, it was it was, it was fucking fantastic to see. Marcus, did you um, see and, some on the sidelines? Or what, you got an inside scoop on this? No, I wish. But here's an, uh, no, no inside scoop. But, uh, you know, uh, it's funny that when – Tom, Tom and them had the, like the debate when they punted inside the 10. Dude, oh, I watched over 10,000 Bucks fans left the stadium at that time. And I was like, man, you guys, you guys, have you guys not watched fucking 12 his whole career, dude? <laughs> and then Saints fan, fucking Saints fans started leaving, dude. I was just like watching them. I was like, guys, come on, man. You're already here. Like, what else are you going to do? What, beat traffic by a couple minutes? Come on, man. I thought, I thought you were going to say something when you said Tom get, getting blowies from 19-year-olds. I thought you were going to say something like, oh, Tom Brady is actually going into the injury tent, and there is a 19-year-old smoke show that's following <laughs> him in there. He's been in no. there for a long, long, long time. And what is going up? Oh, Tom Brady's out of the tent. He's rejuvenated. He's back on the field. Dude, Tom got Tommy, some spring in his step. That's for sure. He's fucking classy. He waits till after the post game and he, go, he goes and gets his rocks off by some young teen that just adores him. Uh, good for him. You know, good for him. I, you know, hate to love him, love to hate him. But, you know, till they lose, till they lose, prove me wrong. Straight Tell up, man. Hey. Three three and zero oh since divorce with Giselle. They'd call it a coincidence. I think not. The guy's on a tear, and uh, yeah, man, he's finding ways to win games. We've had these like heart racing games at the end, and, and we're making it happen, dude. As long as we make the show, the playoffs, it doesn't matter, man. You get Tom Brady in there, it, it's big time. And I, I'll have to say, dude, I'll give Tom Todd Bowles credit because Tom Brady was pushing to go for it on fourth down in that game when we were down. And Todd Bowles called the timeout, or I think either the Bucks did or the Saints did, but either way, they elected the warning. punt after the timeout or the two-minute warning. And that really did change the tide in the game. That and Mark Ingram hurt knee and going out of bounds before that first down marker, which was insane to me. But if you saw him before that, he was injured and playing that out, and he had to go to the sideline. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with his knee and if he gets an MRI if something comes out about, about that. 
Oh yeah, he he was he was backed up bad. Just because the outcome was positive doesn't mean the decision was right. Punting there was not the right decision. Nope. Uh, let Tom Brady be Tom Brady. He's you're, he's there for the clutch moments. He's not gonna he's not carrying a team anymore, but he's there to to be clutch when it matters. Um, that was not the right decision. And I, I think Bowles is just a really good coordinator. We've had this discussion about a dozen guys now. Like some guys are just coordinators, and he's just a coordinator. Um, I, I think they have a lot of issues from, I mean, they're injured. The O-line being hurt is, is not doing Tom Brady's old ass any favors. Um, and, and they don't have, you know, that traditional really ex- the back that really excels in catching the ball out of the backfield like he's used to. You're seeing uh, the, the rookie why you kind of emerge as a possibility, but not just, a you know, a kind of a primary guy. There's no, you know, uh, pass catcher, no, you know, all the way back to Kevin Falk days. It's kind of been a staple of the offense, but they're getting it done. Defense is holding strong. Uh, this is a team that could upset some people in the playoffs. I don't think they're the favorite. I still don't think they're as good as the Eagles, um, but this is definitely a team that could upset somebody in the playoffs. So so just to backtrack, you, you, you actually think that that was the, you actually think that was the right play to punt at no, like, in, no they're, chance. like, they're inside there. Uh, well, I, th- I thought a, a punt was perfect, it. dude. Gotta like, go for it. If for me, if it was like fourth and one or fourth and two, I can see it. But it it was like fourth and seven or eight. Fourth and like, ten. Down, it was fourth. Yeah, and ten. Fourth, fourth. Fourth and ten down there. Like, because at that point you're down what ten, and you're basically handing away a touchdown. You scored seven points to that point. You haven't moved the ball all day. I don't know. I, I still. I know giving away possessions is is, is weird. It worked out in the long run, but in that, I just don't think it was the right decision. I, I, and they didn't think it was the right decision until the timeout. I completely agree. I mean, Todd Bowles got bailed out there. I, the, the whole crowd booed. I mean, you were there, Marcus, when the, when the, when they punted on fourth and ten. I, I heard on TV that the, the whole crowd booed, and they should have. Like they they fucking booed, and then they left. Yeah, it's, yeah fucking Bucks, <laughs> Bucks fans. God, I think the dude, I think Bucks the punt fans. ended up being like a net twenty yards yes. difference uh, after the punt as well. I mean, they were banking on uh, Camarda to put that in the coffin corner. I mean, the kid has been doing amazing. Honestly, he has saved us in games, uh, which is crazy to say because I hate Jason Light and he, him picking kickers early and punters early. But this kid has been the real deal. I mean, to say it was the right decision, obviously we can't say it wasn't when they come out with the victory. Uh, yeah, the boot come in and whatever but it ended up working out in their favor three timeouts on the board and the defense was playing stout in the second half uh, I just think that they were playing that that bet there because the offense was flat Brady couldn't hit anybody deep because I'm telling you what Mike Evans uh, a couple times Julio Jones uh, Scotty Miller underthrown and that's been Brady's kryptonite this year where with the year prior to that with the Bucks, he was hitting all of the deep shots and right now he's just off with those balls I think his average rate of target is, is not far it's like the lowest in the league right now and uh, until we start hitting on those big big time plays they're going to keep pressing up on the line pressing the short balls and pressing the screens and the backs out of the backfield uh, we just got away with one man got lucky I'm, gr- I'm glad you brought him up and y'all know I will never, ever miss out on an opportunity to slander Mike fucking Evans. But uh, thank God for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that Chris Godwin is Chris Godwin again. Because guess who has completely fucking disappeared? Completely disappeared from this offense. Mike Evans. Where was Mike Evans last night? I, I, I kept wondering this because I'm sitting here pleading with the TV don't throw to fucking Mike. Don't throw to. Don't throw to fucking Goblin. And I just kept looking for Mike Evans. Like, what's going on with Mike Evans? What's going on with Mike Evans? Mike Evans 
has been horrendous this year. Either he's been bad or Tom Brady's been bad. I don't. I really, honestly, don't know what it's been. But Mike Evans has just been completely absent from this offense, and it's really bizarre because if you look, Mike Evans is clearly one of Tom Brady's like good friends, and it's just kind of bizarre he's not being elevated more. I'm looking at his stats now. Hasn't had a single game with 10 receptions. I mean, that's just a Mike Evans special. The guy is not a reception guy whatsoever, which has kind of always been my knock on him. But, like, what is going on with Mike Evans in this offense? I, 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 actually, I, actually don't I think I actually it. have the correct answer for this one. I know Derek already probably does have the answer, so Derek, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he, he looks for him, but, like, for the most part, I, I, the main thing is the offense line is fucking dog shit. So, like, some of the schemes that, like, where Evans makes his bread and butter, they can't be there because it's kind of downfield, like, longer, deeper plays because uh, he's slow as fuck and can't get out of his routes. But... Um, when it comes down to trust, man, every time they have fourth down, it's not shooting for Evans. It's always looking for Godwin. It's looking for those guys that yep. he can rely on that will like there's they will make the goddamn play no matter what. And, I think and trust that, is an element. And, and we talk all the time about there's certain guys who can't afford to lose half a step. Like the difference between them getting open and not is, is that that half a step. And as soon as they lose it, they fall off the face of the earth. It happens with guys all the time. I mean. Happened to Nikhil Harry before he even got in the NFL, <laughs> where like Evans just isn't getting open. He's not getting separation, and he's not a guy, despite his size, he doesn't know how big he is. He doesn't win contested balls. So how do you get the ball to him? He's not open, and he's not going to win a jump ball. All right, now we're doing one of our newer segments that we started right before we went on our hiatus, which is Factor Cap. And if you're one of our listeners, you realize that we've actually changed the name. It used to be factor-based. <laughs> but we, we have decided that we can only handle one Gen Z term at a time. So it is now officially factor cap. So factor cap, in case you don't know what cap is, it's bullshit. It's not true. So I'm going to give you guys a statement. You tell me factor cap and you tell me why. So here's the statement. Neither current number one seed will make the Super Bowl. And buff, that's Buffalo or Philly. Factor cap. Yeah, for me. Um, I, I don't think Buffalo gets there. I think there's too many good teams in the way. It's, it's a little bit of a gauntlet in the AFC, uh, but I don't think anybody challenges Philadelphia. I, I think it's definitely fact, dude, man. Buffalo's struggling. Philly's fucking fantastic, but uh, there's just weird things everywhere. But I'm definitely going to go fact. that I, I don't think Buffalo finishes the deal. Who who, who gets in over Buffalo? I can't fucking say it. Cincy. <laughs> I, 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 I figured that. I, 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 actually, I'm still not hating on Miami. Uh, still a super wild card team, but that's uh, one of them too. <clears throat> I got to say fact, man. I, I think the Bills continue the curse, that poor franchise, man. It's just you're seeing the chinks in the armor. Josh Allen under a little cri criticism for late turnovers. And uh, with the Eagles, man, Jalen Hurts has put on a – incredible regular season performance uh, at a fantasy quarterback level, but I just don't see him getting over the hill just this year. Uh, it's going to be a little scramble in the playoffs or a whole new ball game. All right. Well, Tampa Bay factor cap Tampa Bay will not win number will not win one, but two playoff games. Uh, big cap for me. I, I don't, I don't necessarily think they win one. Uh, I think this is an extremely flawed team. The offensive line is terrible. Uh, you know, I've I've said it too many times. It's a cliche at this point. Like you beat Tom Brady with pressure with four, and I don't think that O line is is going to keep you know pass rushes off of them. Um, it's not you know the Saints aren't going to play in the playoffs. It's going to be real football teams, um, and I, I don't think they get it done. 
I think it is fact. Uh, I hate to say it. I mean, I kind of like to say it because, you know, maybe it, maybe you have a slight bias just as like a season ticket holder type of thing. But uh, I think they have, a, as of right now, they have Dallas at home, uh, which could change, uh, could change to potentially being the Giants. So then you win one and the, the other team sitting out there uh, down the road. It doesn't. I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to go fact. I, th- I think they might get might, might learn some lessons from that two minute drive and down the road win one and find their way to the uh, NFC Championship Plus. So, uh, Marcus, it's a quick thought I just had. Uh, you have season tickets, and you actually stayed for the entire football game, even though you're a Steelers fan. I think you're also like a top ten percent Bucks fan now. Yep. You're 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 one of the elite groups. <laughs> yeah. Big fact. As, as, big fact. There. One of the best big Bucks fact. fans there are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm 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 up there, man. I'm I'm it's a it's that uh, Tom Brady effect, man. I'm, I'll be I'll be cheering for them every step of the way. I wish they would have got the one seed, but you know, it is what it is. All right, Bucks fan, factor cap. Oh, completely unbiased here. Uh, fact, they were definitely going to win two plus playoff games. Uh, it's definitely based off of Tom Brady, and I think the offensive line is going to come back healthy at that time. Jensen is due back. Uh, I think Worfs will be coming back on in that proper time, and the team just gets healthy at the right moment and the bucks ride out who, who are you gonna beat though some some absolute legend uh definitely not a pretender team like the vikings no fucking way uh well, they, they wouldn't have to <laughs> not not in that not in that first week you know kept catch a little break going forward but, but you know it's it's once you get to the playoffs we, we've all seen weird shit happen all the time maybe, maybe they just find a way to get hot uh they will be needing uh, tristan Wirfs, but it's gonna it's gonna get weird all right, factor cap. Deshaun Watson is done. Will not win the AFC North during his five-year tenure. I, I like the second part of that. I feel like it gives me an out. Um, I, I don't think he does. I think, one, the Bengals are going to run the North for a little while. Uh, not only do I think he's not going to really regain form to what he was before he missed time, uh, he's never had to deal with this kind of mental aspect of playing the quarterback position where every single field you play in besides your home field, everybody fucking hates you. Um, so that's got to be a difficult element. The time away is going to take him a little time to get his feet under him. And then the rest of the division is just really good. And he still plays with the Browns who always figure out a way to, to fuck it up. So uh, I, I think that's a fact. Yeah, you, you nailed really every point. Fact, easy peasy. Um, he's in trouble. Truthfully, I, I was thinking they could potentially maybe cut him early like the Cowboys are going to do with Zeke. But um, they can't because it's fully guaranteed and they're fucked the whole time. So... They didn't even make him available to the press in Houston after the game. They didn't let Houston reporters ask questions. Like, how mentally just weak is he? Did it just reek from start to finish? I think it's a fact that he is done. That division is going to be too tough uh, between the Steelers, between the between the Ravens, between the Bengals. Uh, I just don't see it happening. And with a contract built like this, we beat that drum all the time. We talk about it, guys. Big contracts like that, you're not going to be able to build a team to win big games. Uh, big fact. Yeah, I'm actually going to butt in this one as well just because I have to shit on Deshaun Watson. Um, I do think it's a fact. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a step further. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, the Browns' defense scored over 30 points last week and absolutely carried the Browns. I think it's not only a fact, but I think the Browns made a serious tactical error in going for a guy like Deshaun Watson in their window. This is a team that just two years ago made the playoffs. This is a team that has one of the best defenses in the NFL. The Amari Cooper trade in the in the offseason turned out to be fucking golden. 
And Jacoby Brissett, outside of a couple, like, bad losses towards the end, like, the Browns have looked really fucking good this year. I think if they would have spent the same energy going after and finding a more attainable guy, like, say, cough, cough, Jimmy Garoppolo, or cough, cough, Gardner Minshew, there are so many guys they could have grabbed. What if they had a guy like Baker Mayfield? <laughs> no, like, <laughs> I, I, I I, truly believe that, that Baker, getting rid of Baker, I mean, honestly, given the season that he had with the Panthers, it couldn't have been a more genius move to do when they did. But there are so many guys that they could have just scooped off the ether that could have helped this team right now. They're missing their window right now. And they bring in a guy with so much controversy. This is a shit franchise that made a shit move that put them even deeper into the toilet. Uh, and this, I don't think they're ever going to recover from this. And they're always so, going to going to be under this. And unlike the Steelers, you know, going into this Ben Roethlisberger controversy with with four Super Bowls, they don't have that clout to fall back on where they can say we used to win. And yeah, now we got a rapist at quarterback. So fuck you, we used to win. They don't. They're still the Browns. So the Browns so, uh, and your quarterback's a rapist. So real quick, because Drew and I, you and I have talked a few times through, like, through text about this. So um, I just want a one-word answer from everybody. Uh, and it's going to be a team. Which team is going to regret the trade for quarterback the most? The Rams, the Browns, or the Broncos? Which one regrets it the most? So It's the Broncos. No doubt. Broncos. Uh, Rams got a Super Bowl to show for it. Exactly. Can't say the Rams. I'm going to go Browns. Um, I just think not only football does it terrible, but also just as an organization, like what is signals outside off the field is, is, is equally bad, if not worse. Yeah, cool. Uh, the three comparable fucking deals. Yeah, the Rams the, Yeah, the Rams weren't the right answer, but I had to fit them in because it's a similar trade. Everyone's about to plummet. It gave up a lot. So, uh, but yeah, I'm... I'm leaning Cleveland because that window is legit. How do you pat a player on the back whose entire G spot is his entire back? It <laughs> make, make, makes him come at any moment. Uh, yeah, Russell Wilson might not rape you, rape you, but he'll rape you in in, in weird, cringy ways. So yeah, <laughs> financially, <laughs> the Russell Wilson experiment is is absolutely insane. All right, factor cap. Zach Wilson will never start for the New York Jets again. Fact. Uh, if you get benched and the entire team is wearing uh, the sh- a shirt commemorating the backup that replaced you on the plane, uh, you're done. Wow. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's, I think it's for me. It's an easy fact. Holy fucking shit! What a terrible pick they did. Speaking of uh, missing on in the, during that draft. A uh, fact for sure. Uh, after that freaking comment in the press conference, uh, you you got to let somebody go like that. I think there's teams out there that will trade for him. Uh, I don't think Mike White is the experiment either. He came out and played against the Bears and the Vikings defense, which are both tomato cans. They give up freaking yards and touchdowns like no other. Uh, let's see what happens against the Bills coming up this next week. Because uh, I'll tell you what, Zach Wilson had a rough time of it right there. He, I think he played... The Patriot, the Broncos, Patriots, uh, Patriots twice, and the Bills in that skid right there. So it'll be interesting to see the Mike White project against a real defense. Uh, Mike White passed for just shy of 400 yards last week, and if you actually watch the game, both of his interceptions were tip balls. So I, I, I actually do think Mike White is is a fucking stud. And if you look at that touchdown run he did against the Vikings, dude, that's a quarterback going up against. 
two defensive linemen, and he won with the momentum. Mike White's got that dog in him. I'm telling and you. Also, and also, don't he, forget. He's a dog, for sure. Also, don't forget, he threw the game-winning touchdown, and Barrios just couldn't pull it in. Straight I, up. It bounced yeah. over his fucking – dude, Barrios should have pulled that in. It was – honestly, the Jets were so much the better team last week, and I'm a Vikings fan saying that. I think Mike yeah. White is that bitch, and he and once you get that, it's it's the Brock. Uh, I, I look forward in the coming weeks. Um, I want to see some Brock Purdy big dick memes. Uh, I love the uh, backup quarterback legend that just that just creates, and it, it it's so beautiful, and I, I love it because it makes no sense, but it's just kind of like a like a you know extension of you know, kind of the backup quarterback legend that's always existed, that the backup quarterback's always your most popular player on your team. Um, but Mike White like is fans, actually, he's lived up to it. I feel like fans, they can always kind of identify with that because in their mind, it's like they are the backup quarterback. Like if they just got a chance, they can show everybody. Well, yeah, I actually, I actually uh, placed a bet at the beginning of the season that um, Mike White and Brock Purdy would be facing off in the Super Bowl. This season, uh, I put a dollar on to win one point seven eight five three. Yeah, I'll say if, if, if that hits, they, they just give you Amazon. They're like, here, you you run Amazon now. <laughs> so Mike White had the most uh, touchdown passes. He's actually in the Hall of Fame. Um, they have a statue of him, just completely naked, dick out, um, in in the Hall of Fame. He's passed for more passing touchdowns than any rookie quarterback has ever passed for in, in his in his in his first start. Just beat out Kurt Warner, by the way. Um, he was immediately awful the week the week after, and then got benched. But people forget. Guess what? Mike White was last last year. He was a fucking rookie, so he he never got the you know kind of benefit of the doubt that Zach Wilson had. Zach Wilson is horrible. He's he's I I don't even know if he's like a backup in this league. Like he is really 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 bad. Sorry, had he's to, gonna had, find himself a nice quiet like mid market. And just go, you know, like Minnesota. Bang some moms. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I actually think Indy is his calling. Um, Indy is perfect. That's another, that's, a, that's Minnesota and Indy are like the same place. <laughs> so, a uh, factor cap both Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson get early massive extensions. I mean, this is easy. This is fact. Like, you have to. You have to lock both these guys up. They're both the real deal. Um, they're going to be kind of a, you know, we, we, we get the wide receiver version of the, the Manning Brady era. Um, I think these two guys are going to be intertwined their entire careers, and I, I think you, they could both get locked up big time, big big, big time paydays. I, I, you know, I was I was actually really kind of torn on this because it feels like it's supposed to be like an easy fucking do it early, but we have also seen teams get burned by um, extending them early, like milk it through that season. But long story short, yeah, I think yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah you're going to have to um, because if especially like if the Vikings don't do it right now, we're going to have that standoff next season on who is going to be the highest paid receiver. But when the Vikings do it this season, the obviously the Bengals are going to have to top it. Um, but man, if you know, I think we, both we, teams we, are motivated to be first because yeah. the other one's going to have to pay more. I, I I think I think we all grew up. Obviously, we all grew up with like. Peyton and Brady, like that battle was like the one to look at down the road, man. This could just, uh, even with all the quarterbacks, I'm actually really pumped about who's the better, who's going to do it. Fucking chase versus Jefferson. It's a, it's a different battle that like we haven't, it doesn't get promoted. Like, like all the other things It's going to be fun, kind of, kind of fun to watch going forward. But uh, I'm, I'm on JJ's side. I hope uh, Jamar Chase goes to jail. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah fact for sure. Uh, both guys definitely getting extended. Uh, I think the Vikings are in a better position with JJ because they got an aging Thielen. Um, they don't have to contest like the Bengals do with Higgins there. And I think Tyler Boyd ends up being the odd man out. Uh, ends up getting signed probably a big contract from another team uh, that'll overpay him, even though he's a really good wide receiver. Uh, he definitely benefits from Higgins and um, Jamar being on the outside. Uh, but these guys are definitely going to get their extensions. Wide receivers, biggest position in the league now. It's a passing league. We continue to see the rules change more and more for the receivers. And now with a lot of these highly contested overturned touchdowns and overturned catches that have happened this year, and there have been a ton of them. I think we do see a similar rule change or some type of rule change that's going to take place to continue going into the edge of the wide receiver and the quarterback and making a high-scoring league. As far as as far as far Justin Jefferson, uh, the guy is literally better than ever. His catch radius is insane. If you watched last week against the Jets, Kirk Cousins was just completely off throwing these wobbly balls to Justin Jefferson. Jeff- Jefferson was just coming down with everything. He has single-handedly won so many games for the Vikings, I can't even tell you. Uh, his rookie year, he didn't even start until his third game, and he shattered every conceivable record that year besides touchdowns by Randy Moss. And he did it, by the way, in a conventional 16-game season, unlike Jamar Chase, who now currently holds the record a year later when a game got added. So Justin Jefferson, in my mind, still holds a receiving record for a rookie. He's better than ever. He's the best wide receiver I've ever seen in my life. There's nothing this guy doesn't do well. He's the best hands I've ever seen. He's the best route runner I've ever seen. The guy is so good after the catch. And the thing is about the dude, if you look at him, when he gets tackled, he's so smart about the way that he takes hits. This is a guy that's going to play in the league for so fucking long. He's 23 years old. 23 years old. He's shattering every single record. I mean, both these guys, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, they're going to sign 35-plus million-dollar contracts in the offseason, and they deserve every penny. Because if you look at what Tyreek Hill did, everyone poo-pooed the Tyreek Hill contract, completely turned around the Dolphins. Wide receivers in the NFL, wide wide receivers in the NFL are more important than they've ever been. A wide receiver can take over a game. They can change a franchise, i.e. the Dolphins, i.e. the Bengals, i.e. the Vikings. I'm telling you, it's it, 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 we are witnessing a renaissance of wide receiver talents that we've never seen. T. Higgins is the second best wide receiver on his team. Are you fucking kidding me? It's incredible. And Devontae Adams, with that shit stain for a quarterback and Derek Carr throwing him the ball, still as good as ever. Devonta Adams has been incredible these last few weeks. This is a beautiful time to to be an appreciator of wide receivers, and they deserve all the money. And Tyree Kill, you got to give it, you got to hand it to him. He broke the mold, and for good reason. Wide receivers need to get paid in this league; they're extremely important. All right, factor cap. Sean Payton is a head coach in either the Los Angeles Chargers or Vegas in 2023. Um, I'm gonna say fact. I think it's the Chargers. I think Staley's out. Um, I don't know Vegas. Like they have a the, the Raiders have this weird. They can't afford them. One, they can't afford them, and they have this this weird like loyalty. They, they I, I think they're not going to fire McDaniel's uh, until he does it again next year. Um, I, I think Peyton comes back, and I, I, between those two, I think it's the Chargers. I'm, I'm going fact, man. Uh, both coaches kind of like flirting with a hot seat. Unless um, the only the only way that the Chargers or Staley 
gets out of this debate is if they make the playoffs, they might actually win a playoff game. Like, and unfortunately, it's just the way it is. But I'm, I'm going to stick fact because if Sean Payton's like, hey, I want to come back and coach, and we already know that he wants a young, talented quarterback or, you know, whatever reigns, uh, Raiders, both teams need to finish strong to get this into the uh, cap range, but I'm, I'm going to stay safe backed. Uh, I mean, if Sean Payton's coming back, it's, I don't think it's going to be to Vegas. As you said, there's a weird affiliation here. Josh McDaniels, Vegas is all bought in. They're not going to move away from him. I think they give him at least a solid three years, even if he tanks the next year. Uh, that's how D- Davis is. You know, he's just like his dad. He's going to be stubborn as ever, and he's fully invested in this guy. Um, if there was going to be a team for him to go to, it would be the Chargers. Staley is hot trash. Uh, with that team, it's underperformed completely with the talent that's on that squad. Uh, when you have Bosa and Khalil Mack on the outside of your defense, and then you have the offense that they have with Eckler in the backfield, uh, the one gimme I could give them is maybe the wide receivers with their injuries. Keenan Allen has been out. Mike Williams is due to miss games every single year. Um, but dude, with the talent level on that team, uh, Sean Payton could definitely go to the Chargers. Uh, and he definitely wouldn't have a problem making playoffs and taking them to the A championship yeah i'm i'm saying i'm gonna say fact but i don't know if it's with these two teams uh sean payton's ultimate goal was to to coach for the cowboys and uh as it turns out micah parsons is going to get an undeserving coach extended for a long time uh cowboys coach isn't going anywhere uh staley is not the answer for the chargers i would love to see what sean payton can do with Justin Herbert, uh, it's it, it wouldn't be the first Chargers quarterback he's turned around, um, and it would it would honestly be incredible because Sean Payton is truly a great coach, and uh, the Chargers deserve better than what they're seeing right now. With Brandon Staley, Brandon Staley is is trash. He's so f- food for thought. Just real quick, um, I was I talked about a little bit earlier about the Rams defensive coordinator when they were giving up under seventeen points a game. Brandon Staley. Could it potentially be, is there any possibility that he could step down as a defensive coordinator on the team with and bring in Peyton, or there'd just be too much like too much wolf going on? It never happens. Hell no. Hell no. You gotta get that weed out of there, man. It just spreads a cancer. Once you have a disgruntled employee, bye bye. You gotta get out. Yeah, I think Staley goes back to the Rams next year, honestly. Straight up. But I don't even know if the Chargers had the balls to fire him, but it it needs it needs to happen. It really does need to happen. Anthony Lynn and then freaking him. I mean, come on, man. This it's it's bad. And uh, you bring Sean Payton in, it would be amazing. I don't think he's an LA guy, but talk about like what he did with Drew Brees, somebody who's barely five eleven with cleats on, and you give him a Justin Herbert. I mean, good night, man. That that team is going to be beasting. All right, so we're going to conclude every episode with the new segment that we've been discussing. Uh, it's called Shower Thoughts, and it's just completely random thoughts that you've had for the week. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go ahead and start this thing off. Uh, so, obviously, we brought the podcast back after a hiatus, and uh, so I've been I've been kind of kicking, literally just typing in NFL on Spotify and listening to other random NFL podcasts around the around the uh, around the country just to maybe pick up on some things that we could do better. And I got to tell you, I've listened to a lot of podcasts because I've been um, traveling again and I don't hear anything I like. <laughs> so no notes. 
I got no notes. I've, I've been listening to a lot of NFL podcasts and listen, we're, we're, we're highly critical of ourselves. Um, we're constantly trying to change things. And, 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 and you know, if, if you're listening right now, if we ever get too analytical, please DM us and be like, Hey, quit fucking doing that. Cause we try not to tend, we try not to be too analytical because it oftentimes we're, we're who are we? Who, who cares what we think? We, we try to just present an entertaining podcast. My point is, I've listened to a lot of NFL podcasts, and these are like major NFL podcasts. And besides, pardon my take, there's like no good ones out there. They're pretty shitty, to be honest. They're just very like conventional, like, oh, what's the deal with? And it's just, it's, it's just, it's not good. So I, 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 I think, boys, we just continue to do what we've been doing try to make it as or- organic as possible and uh yeah as it turns out our competition pretty lame so that, that that's good so uh i think it's a good <clears throat> transition into my completely random thought just to talk about something too analytical uh, i was thinking earlier today you know obviously christmas is a lot of people's favorite holiday uh it gets uh, you know it's it's the best holiday but why does the food suck? Like, why do we just repeat Thanksgiving food? And we're like, hey, remember that thing we did a month ago? Let's just do that again. <laughs> what do you think it should be? It's, it's like uh, turkey and ham, and it's like the same fucking sides, and you, people still do the cranberry. Like, literally, the only difference is like, oh, you might have, like, eggnog. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that kind of segues into me there, Derek, uh, on the food front. I just have been devastated thinking about what I'm going to do with all the bull testicle and penis that I got from the liver king trying to get jacked and tan like him <laughs> and just devastated by the news that he's on steroids. I, I couldn't, couldn't believe, believe it. it. You believe I'm, that. I'm never going to financially recover from all the bull penis and testicles in my cold fr- freezer out in the garage. I don't know what to do. It, it's it's devastating. Yeah. The rock is clean news. though. I still love the rock. The rock yeah. is not on steroids. Yeah. So never I love disappoint him. us. That'll never backfire. He'll never, never, never ever. Yeah. He's, he's never done them. Um, and I I've seen you slipping down those testicles. They've been doing good. You've been doing good with the nine tenants, so I think you should keep doing your thing. That liver king news, man. That was the most like shocking, like half second I've been through in a long time. Oh yeah. In, in all seriousness, how do these people get duped for all years and years since the beginning of mankind, dude? Snake oil salesmen, it's people so just funny. duping fucking poor souls out there. It's like people. If it's too good to be true, it's probably a fucking lie, man. Just stick, stick with the regular tenets of life. Lift, be healthy. Fuck these other bullshit guys trying to make you feel like shit on juice. You know what's surprising to me, though? Like, seeing the number of, like, DMs and emails and communications and shit that, like, came out when it came out. I'm surprised it lasted that long. Like, he was fucking just firing fast and loose to everybody. Like, here's the laundry list of shit I'm on. And just firing that to everybody on the internet. Like It wasn't even just that. He put in... He put in that email how he wanted to get his social media presence up. He yeah. had this whole entire thing. And it's it's predatory. It's usury. It, it's bullshit. And there's too many of these people out there right now on the internet. And just fuck these people. Especially especially when you it. use your kids in it. Because like he featured his kids a lot. He's like, this is what my kids do. And this or whatever. And then his excuse. They're like, oh, I was just trying to prevent suicide. I was like, fuck you, dude. That's, that's <laughs> literally even, even I, worse. I, I, that's why I don't give a shit about it. Like really mo- most of the things that like people produce like, oh, I'm, I'm natural, but my, my delt veins have veins. Like, <laughs> come on guys. Uh, like honestly, who cares? Like it's whatever. Good for you. Like obviously you're disciplined, you're doing shit, but like you're also doing shit. You know what I mean? But like, 
If you're on gear, just be clean. Who gives a fuck, dude? It's 2022, 2023 now. We can might as well just say 2022 is in the past. Be fucking clean, dude. Who gives a shit? Natty. Natty is natty, natty is the term in the in the in the bodybuilding world. Um, if you ever honestly, it, this is this is a classic example. You know, we produce satire, um, and this is a classic example of. I blame the reader. I blame the beholder of this information for ever consuming this and taking it as fact. Listen, I agree that there has to be a certain filtration and, and you know, uh, kind of uh, regulation of information so that people aren't trying to peddle lies out there irresponsibly. But in the end, it's on the consumer to look at a 52-year-old dude who is literally always shirtless and is just jacked to the fucking nines claiming that he picks up boulders and eats bull testicles to get to where he is. Dude, there's some guy out there in fucking Ohio who's been eating bull testicles and has been doing these nine tenants who's fat as shit and is literally just looking at his wife like, I don't understand. Maybe I just don't got it like the liver king. And like, so, you know, like, like some people are like, who gives a shit? People should give a shit and there should definitely be some huge fallback on this guy. Cause this is a dude that's been talking down to people. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's yeah. the worst part about it. It's like, it's like, Oh no, you, you get out of your office lifestyle and just live like me, like off the land and bull testicles. And you can just look like this. And that's a Which fucked is- up thing. And it's, I, it's hilarious too because is that the idea is like oh because I'm eating all these parts of the animal that other people don't eat that's where the the answer is it's like yeah right that's why there's not these indigenous tribes walking around with people who look like fucking Thor like well, <laughs> get well, out well, of well, here well he eats like him but he trains with the you know the new nutrition's and the new training methods but I heard he identified as uh, natural so natty natural, man natty okay <laughs> um, so. I know we're we're talking about like our shower thoughts, like the shit we just think about, like randomly, like just combine them. So I have a combination of thoughts, and and honestly, kind of I'm combining my recent thoughts of uh, Deion Sanders kind of shitting all over the uh, HBCU. Like I like you kind of felt like that was his stepping stone. Like kudos to him, do everything. Uh, but like the big talk going forward is that we're hoping to have NCAA coming back to us, but now it's not going to be till 24. And I hate to say it, but I'm I'm mad, but I'm pumped because like, man, the fucking the images, the graphics of like Dion, what he's going to be doing there at Colorado with a better team. Like, how do you, how are you not going to have Colorado is going to be your dynasty? Like, unless unless you're like Derek and I, like you want to take a shitty team. But the good news is, Colorado is kind of a shitty team with dope uniforms, and you know the uniforms are going to oh, get yeah. better. Colorado is going to be a favorite. It's, sure. it's, it's just like, well, it's just like one of those things, dude. I know Dion's going to have like sick graphics, like coach, you know, the old ones where the coach would throw his head hat down and be like, huh, Dion's going to have like, now that your players have their own touchdown celebrations. So like JJ's got his gritties and stuff. Dion's going to have some serious shit. Like they are going to be the team to play. And uh, for anyone's dynasty in NCAA 24. I just get the benefit Where, of like rooting for a team who's also the, the perfect candidate from taking a team from the absolute bottom of Division One. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be fucking glorious. <laughs> Where he goes, they will follow, man. Wherever Dion goes, these kids are gonna follow him, dude. I mean, prime hey, you already, time. You already named his son starting quarterback. And He's I don't know the school yet. <laughs> I would. I know. I know. Y'all had to see that video of him addressing the, the team. It's it, the, it was. The best. 
it's savage, but it's the truth. And that's what he was given. Some people are kind of ripping Dion for that, but he's giving these kids the dead honest truth. And that's all I can ask from a coach. You know, I don't know what he did with the guys over at Jackson State. If he already promised them positions over there for the main guys that he got the transfer there, you know, the number one guy he took from FSU, those guys are probably coming with them to Colorado uh, more, more than likely. But a coach being honest with those kids that are currently there saying, hey, you know, most likely you're going to have to hit the portal. That's what's best for those kids' career. And in their time right now to be flat out honest with them, dude, not pulling some bullshit smoke and mirrors and, and people are giving them shit for it. But Hey, I, I understand, man, you got to do what you got to do. People give them shit for it. Cause it's the first time they've seen it. Like that's what every incoming coach does. Every incoming coach is like, Oh, you're going to work so hard. It's a new culture. Da, da, da. I mean, new head coaches don't walk into teams that were winning a bunch of games usually. Uh, so <laughs> it's people have seen it for the first time. Like uh, that's what they were reacting to. My only thing in this whole thing is, especially uh, you talk about that word, honesty, it's a it's a quick transition from saying I want to elevate you know historically black colleges and make them the place to be and make them a hot spot and then you leave for Colorado three Boulder, years later the whitest Fucking city in America I, I think that's a little bit of a cop out and and I think it's it's disingenuous from what he said his mission was um, I think he he failed his mission he didn't make HBCUs any better than he left them he made the one school he was at better because he was there but now that he's left it. It's going to go back to the way it was before. And I I think from his his own self-proclaimed mission, it's kind of sad to see, Um, especially for, for fucking Colorado, dude. Don't sell out for and Colorado. I, and I think his, his kids probably took precedent over that and maybe why that happened. You know, they only have a short time and a short window too to get set up. And I don't know. You know, I'm just speculating yeah, at his, that point. His, his and, kid didn't come out of nowhere. Like, have some foresight. Don't say, I'm going to change HBCUs forever and then yeah. be like, eh, I didn't feel like it. My kid's going to go play somewhere else. <laughs> For, for sure. But we all know these college coaches, they, they're politicians and, and that's what they do. They do it for the university. They have PR people. They have different things that set that up. Uh, it's the same thing like you could say for Nick Saban when he was at LSU and told all those kids, well, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Well, I think Nick Saban's then he bounced. Yeah, guys, they, I, they all are, though. I just want to pump the brakes on all of that. Like we already knew what was going on. I really didn't care about too much of like the HBCU. I just want to throw that in as a jab. My shower thoughts in this segment was really more or less for me and Derek to play rock, paper, scissors right now for who gets Colorado and NCAA. Oh, you have them. I'm running the triple option, baby. Oh, all right. There you go. got them. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So, actually, I, I, I disagree with your take, though, Derek. I, I, and, I, and I'm actually going to lean into the NCAA take that uh, Deion Sanders eventually was going to make the leap to a Power 5 con- conference. Like, it, it was, it was going to happen, a, a Power 5 team. Um, he had, Is the pack a Power 5 anymore? Like, yeah, I mean, I know it is. literally they, they are, but like all the good schools are gone. All, all, all I'm saying is he eventually had to make this leap. He wasn't he wasn't yeah. going to coach at Jackson State forever. And to be honest, I'm kind of glad he's making the leap to a team like Colorado that really hasn't done anything. It's like in NCAA football, when you go yeah. and you literally just pick a team that has cool uniforms, but they're kind of shitty, like say Wake Forest, like I always used to do like way back in the day. And then you, you you take you take a shitty team and you make them good. I feel like Deion Sanders is kind of like you know what I'm gonna. He could have waited another year. He got he got presented for USF in Colorado. 
he could have waited another year and probably landed like a South Carolina job or, you know, some, some, something bigger, uh, maybe even like UNC with Mac, Mac Brown's like fucking 90 years old. Like he, he probably could have waited and gotten a huge job. I kind of respect that he's going to Colorado and I, I, I hope he grinds it out a little bit longer than he did with Jackson state because Colorado is, they've done nothing of note in forever. And if he turns that program around fucking cool, really cool. Food for yeah. thought. That'd be my Food word. For just another <laughs> stepping stone to, yeah, well, for sure. He's already, he's already he's already banging young recruits coming up. Like I know uh, Sammy Watkins Jr.'s uh, nephew is coming up. He's like a, getting ready for his sophomore season coming up. But uh, he'll be there for a few years, and then he will build them up. He'll they'll progress and do pretty damn good. And then guess what? He's going to take over an NFL team, and that that's like obviously it's it's been a long term plan goal. Uh, but like the real note is just like annoying that the the thought or the, the, the presence of like, Oh, it's about HBC. You know, it's about, it, that was your opportunity that you had. So like, and it, it was, it's great marketing. It's a great long-term plan, great long-term marketing, but like, it's just, you know, yeah, I think good, I, I think it leaves a weird taste in my mouth. I would rather him go back and just be honest and know like his his immediate his eventual goal is to be probably coach the NFL and yeah. just say, hey, this is where I'm starting. While I'm here, I'm going to make this a better place, a better environment. I want to leave a better Perfect. legacy here. Don't pretend you're going to stay there forever and make yeah. you know HBCUs like the thing. Yeah, but and then leave three years not, later. That's not a good recruiting p- pitch. I I think I think you're kind of missing the mark of of, of what no, he was. No, I, I, I get a, it. He, he was a salesman. He was he was selling his his players on his current position with the transfer portal. Wherever Dion goes, his players can go. So it's not I like think people were just hopeful that he was going to be different because his words were different. And then he's just the same. That's just that he's just, he's just a really good salesman. And that, that that's why he became business, an elite baby. recruiter. That's business. Yeah. He, honestly, I, I don't fault Dion for anything he's done. I love the, I love the dude to death. Oh, I love him. He can just fucking chatter on about nothing and make it seem like it's a prepared, like Martin Luther King speech. The dude is incredible. He's an incredible motivator of men. Can't wait to see what he does. I really do. He, he's 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 gonna watch USC. All these teams leaving the Pac-10. He's gonna have. Oh, he's gonna run that. He's conference gonna run the sure. conference. It's 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 awesome. I can't wait. It, it, if you ever high step, you can't you Dion. can't talk shit about Dion straight up. If you've ever high step, you can't you can't say nothing. Okay. End of story. I if you've never high stepped playing backyard football, we got problems I've, as yeah, an NFL I've, fan, I've, dude. Yeah, if you've if you never high stepped in anything, even just bullshitting, you can't say nothing. Low key, you, you know what you know what I'm kind of waiting for. You know who one of uh, Deion Sanders' best friends is in the whole world? Mike Zimmer. I am straight up just waiting and waiting and waiting for Mike Zimmer to go be a defensive coordinator for Colorado. I'm telling you, it's coming. It's that. coming. He, he was at Jackson state. He went there, not as a D coordinator, but some type of special at, assistant. At, I thought maybe a, he was the coordinator. No, he wasn't the but coordinator, he but he was, he, he, him and him and Deion Sanders are best friends. I'm telling you, I, I could totally see Mike Zimmer like resurfacing uh, with Colorado being a, being just an elite defensive coordinator. He, he, he would crush absolutely it. crush it. Absolutely crush it. Yeah. All right, boys. Any closing thoughts? Be Navy. The transfer portal is the third most important day in college football. Trans- I hope all these college kids make millions and millions of dollars off the NIL. Oh, dude, I, 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 college football is amazing this year. Uh, the, the college football playoff is shaping up to be amazing. A TCU entering it. 
it's it's too little too late and obviously the 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 system is about to unfold into 12 teams which is going to be fucking incredible but um hey it's it's fucking awesome dude this college playoff is is what we've all dreamed about and finally alabama and clemson aren't in it i'm telling you you got it you got a new viewer in college football that used to absolutely worship college football for years and i'm back because college football is back and teams like Colorado, teams like USC reemerging, UF, FSU, Miami is 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 on the recruiting trail again. College football is back, baby, and I'm really excited about it. And the transfer portal yeah. is a huge reason why it's back. I think the NFL product's waning too, so I think there's there's a there's a there's an opportunity for the for the college to get a good foothold here. Oh, I don't know. I think the NFL is better than ever, baby. Better than ever. Hard, hard to watch. Seven on seven football. <laughs> Love it. All right, boys. Good night. Bye.